Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Deacon John Foucault coming to you live from St. James Catholic Church in Duluth, Minnesota. I am your host today for Real Presence Radio in the absence of Father Rich, as well as Cindy Jenkins, who are both ill at this time. I look forward to hosting for this next couple of hours. We have an exciting lineup. We'll be beginning with Dan Hartman, the exec director from Glensheen Mansion, and we'll be followed by Father Joel Hastings to join us to talk about private and public revelation, as well as Deacon Kyle Eller talking to us about the rosary, as October is the month of the rosary. And then we'll finish up with Father Eli Gieske, who is... Uh, now at St. Lawrence and Holy Family, and I'm assisting with, and we'll be getting to know him a little bit more and talking about St. Therese of Lisieux. So we're very excited today for an outstanding show, so thank you for joining us. So, starting off with a prayer, let's open up in prayer, in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear Lord, we give you thanks for this wonderful day. We ask that you bestow your blessings upon all those faithful listeners of Real Presence Radio, and guide their hearts for next week's live drive to be able to give so that we can continue to support Real Presence Radio throughout the wonderful counties that we do. <clears throat> the wonderful counties that we do. We ask this in your name. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm told we have Dan Hartman on the line with us. Dan, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Pretty good. It's a little chilly in Duluth, but that's, that's fall. So. It's fall. Yeah, what nice. a beautiful fall we've been having. The leaves are outstanding, aren't they? Oh, they really are. I don't, honestly, I don't remember our... Our fall peak looking this good in a long time. I would agree. I would agree. I think we're about the same age, and um, I don't remember the fall colors as beautiful as they are since I was a young child. And I would imagine they are just outstanding on the grounds of the Glensheen Mansion. <laughs> they really are. Uh, fall is definitely one of our high points of the year for sure. That's um, awesome. I kind of joke that fall, I feel like, is when nature kind of helps complement Glensheen, and then Christmas is when we do it with you know, Christmas stuff. <laughs> and so, having been on right the grounds... Now, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, having, it is. Yep, you first. It is a very, very beautiful time to walk around. So. Yeah, and having been on the grounds multiple times myself, I can testify to that from the spring to the fall to the winter season as well. So, tell us a little bit about your role at Glenshine Mansion. Yeah, so I'm the director of Glenshine, and so it's kind of my job to set the vision and tone for you know what activities we do here and just keep it financially sound. Um, but you know, I will say I've. It's been a quite a pleasure over the last seven years of just kind of really just taking what is this great, amazing thing and asset for Duluth and showing people what I think is pretty pretty significant about it. And a lot of things, frankly, we didn't even know we had, and we are continuing to find new things on the estate and in the mansion that have pretty major historic significance. So. Well, most, de most definitely, and I'm so excited that a few years ago you guys opened up that attic floor. Um, has it been yeah. about three years since you did that? Uh, probably about three or four. Okay. And, yeah, we're still trying to go through all that. So actually pretty close to my office is this fairly large attic space of the carriage house. And in there turned out to be a lot of great Duluth history pieces. So 
there's one of the original Duluth pack tents inside of there. Really? Um, <laughs> we have all things we found in old Vickers brewery keg inside of there. Um, a lot of old Marshall Wells hardware pieces from matches to, you know, just basic hardware. Wow. Um, but it's just that one more than the rest has more Duluth stuff. The mansion is filled with stuff from all over the world, but yes. you can tell this is kind of where the staff kind of stored things, and so there's more localized stuff. So in honor of Father Rich, I know he would ask, was the keg tapped or was it? Uh... <laughs> yeah, it, it's well well spent. Um, and with that one was kind of funny. We had no idea it was a keg. It was just this barrel upside down. And as we picked up the barrel and we put it on a shelf on the bottom of the the keg, it says Vickers Brewery. I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> so, very cool. Yeah. So, Dan, Dan, what, you know, you're very passionate about Glen Sheen, and I've seen you present on it at Rotary and that type of stuff in the past. Um, what drives your passion for the exec director position at Glen Sheen and your work? Yeah, I, I just, I feel like Glen Sheen, you know, in a lot of ways, is a lot like Duluth, that there's so many great parts to it that a lot of people just kind of have either forgotten about or didn't know in the first place. And I, I think my whole life I've always just enjoyed kind of showcasing these random kind of hidden away things and kind of bringing them to life. And in this place, I think still has a lot of that to do. So it's been part of that for sure. Now, will you be hosting the pumpkin uh, stuff for Halloween this year? Like you've done in the past. Unfortunately, I've never yeah, been to the grounds we, for that, but I've heard it's phenomenal. <laughs> so, well, what we actually literally just got hidden this morning is we are just going to hide, I think, around nine pumpkins, five of them on the estate, four of them inside the mansion. And then people just, mostly families, come to the grounds and try to find these pumpkins. Yeah. It's also a nice excuse for us to get people to see all the different parts of the estate in the mansion. Uh, a lot of our visitors just go to the mansion and then go back to their car. And this is a nice way to really get folks to see that Stone Arch Bridge over Tisha Creek, see the boathouse, see the formal garden. Um, and on these nice fall days, it's just nice to kind of hang out down by Lake Superior sometimes, too. Most definitely. Now, did I understand that the boathouse is now open as well, then? Um, only for MEA weekend. We'll well, only that, that weekend. Staff. Okay. Yep. Um, last, up until COVID, we actually did give guided tours of that space. Um, but because of COVID, we have to kind of, it has to be heavily staffed in this timeline. Right. You know, you mentioned Really that, only afford to do it during MEA. You mentioned a lot of times that the guests will tour the mansion, then they'll go back to their car. And I'm guilty yeah. of that for having toured it um, in the past. Do they not feel comfortable walking the grounds? You know, I didn't really feel comfortable. It's like, where could we actually walk to? Are we supposed to go over this area yeah. and so forth? Um, I've gotten more comfortable with that as I've been out there um, in the past now. But is that one of the things you think the guests are hesitant about? Because it is a pretty formal area, and it's beautiful, landscape yeah. and everything. Um, but it's such a scenic beauty to go down by the, the creek area and the beach area and so forth. Yeah, and I think you kind of hit on a point that I think we didn't do the greatest job of just basic navigation on the grounds, um, really kind of pushing people to explore that. And that's a big change, I think, in recent years is that we're really trying to get people to see this beauty of the state. Uh, I mean, we spend a lot of money every year to keep it looking that good, and we, we want people to see it. And it is one of the last historic residential landscapes in Minnesota. And, and so that's part of it, too, is there's not really a lot of these left. And so it's kind of fun for folks to be able to see that. 
Yeah, definitely. So we know that the Glensheen is home to the Congan family. Obviously, six yep. children, large vegetable garden, a greenhouse, the orchard, um, a cow barn, and so forth. Where is the orchard on the, on the grounds? So I should back up, too. There's actually, they had seven kids, and they also had a, kind of unofficially adopted another kid, too. So um, it gets confusing because one of the kids died very young, John. But okay. they're technically at seven. But, no, so across on London Road following Fisher Creek on the left, that used to be their kind of nearby orchard. Uh, they also had a very large orchard on Washington State that was around 1,500 acres. That's still there, actually. And that's now, still in they, production, so, with, owned by the family? Yep, it's called Condon Orchard. So for a while, Treetop Apple Juice was getting some of their apples. And then for a period of time, if you got apples from Sam's Club, you may have gotten some from there too. Really? But I didn't know that. yeah, they're a fairly decent group. Um, the orchard here nearby Glenshine, though, most of the apple trees are still there. So today it's a private property. Someone built a house right in front of them. But if you're walking on the lake walk near Glenshine and you look to your left, you've probably seen the orchard. And we sold that land off in 2005. And now there's out there. But I'll have, you know, I'll have to take a, while, a better look at that. Now, yeah. what about the cemetery? Talk to me a little bit about the, the viewers, about the listeners, about the cemetery. Is the cemetery yeah. open for people to browse through and look at the headstones? Uh, yeah, it's just like any other cemetery. Um, it is actually still owned by kind of that family cemetery. It has really nothing to do with Glenshane or the Condon family. It actually predates the family. Um, the joke with Clara was that she'd have quiet neighbors. Yeah. So it's. And. I will say there's a you know a whole other side of a history component to that as well. Um, it's also one of the rare cemeteries left in Duluth that are near the lake, and for good reason. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of morbid, but that cemetery is slowly eroding into Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. Does it go all the way so, to the lake, the ground-wise of it? Yeah, it goes it all the way I didn't to the lake. That. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, this last winter, a storm took out part of the hillside, and they're like boundary fence showed up in the lake and got tangled up at Glenshee and we actually had to pull it all out with a backhoe. Interesting. I didn't know that. Never read or heard about that one. So tell yeah, us what about a little bit more about the boathouse. You know, I've, I've never yeah. been in it. Um, a very intriguing area and I know you guys have done the music on the beach and so forth, which was some great events and always packed pre-COVID when we had that opportunity and <laughs> yeah. fires and so forth. Just a beautiful setting for it. But we weren't able to get inside the boathouse. So tell us a little bit about what we might see, but don't give it all away yeah. if we were to go in the boathouse. So the boathouse is one of the special parts of the state that I would love to see redone someday, but about $4 million. But the boathouse itself is one of the last remaining boathouses, uh, structural boathouses on the entire Lake Superior. It's actually built into the ground. Um, the original pier also used to go 30 feet further into the lake. And then it went 100 feet to the right. And so if you go out there right now and you look in the water, you can see all of the old built piers still in the water. We actually had scuba divers out last week taking photos of it. So it used to extend um, further out, and then it made an L-shaped off to the right, to the west? Yep. It, I and the idea was to, to slow the water down before boats mm-hmm. would go into the boathouse. Mm-hmm. It's a safe harbor inside of that area. and. That's part of the reason we actually want to bring it back is we could really use another little bit of a safe harbor for boaters in general going up the shore. Most definitely. Like kayakers and canoers. But 
the other cool part, I think that's probably the coolest part, is the Connor family, when it was built, built really to hang out on top. And so the roof line of the boathouse is filled with decorative tile. And they used to stand out there, and that's where the Connors would have their drinks at night. That's when they'd relax by the lake, mostly on top of that boathouse. Well, and didn't um, I read that they also... Didn't I read they also used to do some bands out there, the Condon family at the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for Robert Condon's wedding, they actually put a full orchestra, or as big as they could get, on top of the boathouse, and that actually played out to the yard. And so this whole idea of bands down by the lake is definitely something that actually has a historic connection to it as well. That's very cool. Oh, it's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. I'd love to see the recreation of that dock and the safe harbor area. Um, I yeah. just think that would be amazing to be able to restore for the mansion and the environment around it. Um, we're just about up to a break, so we have just a few more, uh, about a minute, minute and a half before we go to the break. So why don't you tell us a little bit more in regards to what's going to be happening with future events? Yeah, so we just ended our Wednesday night series, um, which... I really felt like it was like a glenching gala combined of concerts on the beer. But we're now moving into uh, Whiskey Wednesday, uh, which is really a way for us to show off regional Minnesota whiskeys. And Grandma's or Belicio's is actually what just serving. But around the estate, we'll have a small musical performance. We'll have food trucks there. And so I think for the line of sheriff folks who will come, they're going to come just to kind of hang out in the grounds on these beautiful fall days. We're going to have small little campfires down by the lake like we usually do. And so, I mean, it's just a nice way to enjoy this, this fall weather. And because of our 200-person capacity, when you show up on a 12-acre estate with 250 people, it feels like there's five people. Yep, <laughs> it's definitely. pretty... Yeah. So we're just about to head to break. So on the other side of the break, yeah. we're going to continue our conversation with Dan Hartman from Glensheen Mansion. Um, you're listening to Real Presence Radio Live. Do not go away. Stay with us. We have a lot of exciting stuff left for you today. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. We hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. 
It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. This is Deacon John Foucault, your host for today in the absence of Father Rich and Cindy Jenkins, who unfortunately are ill at this time. Uh, Take a moment and say a prayer for them today for uh, healing and speedy recovery for both of them. And I am on the line with Dan Hartman, Executive Director of Glensheen Mansion. We've been having a wonderful conversation about Glensheen and all it has to offer to our area and the exciting events that they have out there, as well as some of the history about the boathouse and how the boathouse used to have more of a, a longer extension of a pier and a safe harbor on it, as well as some of the events that they've had and some events that are going to be coming up. And we're just wrapping up, Dan, with the uh, Whiskey Wednesday event. And for those listeners <laughs> yeah. that might be joining us just now and getting on, let's just kind of recap that for a second again. What is Whiskey Wednesday? Yeah. So every Wednesday in the month of October, uh, people can come to the grounds of Glenching, and we'll have Grandma slash Belicio serving whiskey cocktails from regional whiskey providers in Minnesota. Um, but also we'll have food trucks on the ground. We'll have little musical performances throughout tonight. And we every week we try to change up the location just to get people to see different parts of the estate. Um, but also we light a bunch of campfires down by the lake because all those beautiful fall nights, it's just kind of nice to sit by a fire down by the lake. And, yeah, it's my guess is this will be a popular year for Whiskey Wednesdays. I would agree. It's a, and I've been I've been down to by the fire with the lake and uh, Whiskey Wednesday in the past, and I encourage everybody to uh, check it out. Um, it's a great way to stay warm by the fire, but also a, a little bit of a whiskey, and uh, it's kind of a nice to have and enjoy the the scenery and the grounds. And in honor of Father Rich, I know that he would most likely probably enjoy that as well. Um, as we talked about the keg that was discovered from Ficker's Brewery and how it was unfortunately tapped and an entry, but uh, pretty cool artifact to have out at the mansion. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing for COVID. COVID-19 in the mansion, yeah. so people are comfortable coming and exploring the grounds and knowing that it's a safe environment. And I know that you're limiting events to 200 people or so, but go ahead, tell us what you're yep. doing out there. Yeah, so we, I mean, like a lot of places in Duluth, pretty much redid everything we did, we how we operate in order to make this safe. And so now at Glenshain, every tour we have is self-guided, but they're also one-way traffic. And we also have kind of a filter point at the beginning of the tour so that we're limiting the capacity of people who go into the mansion. And, and so that way, as you walk through the mansion on this one-way tour, you're kind of in the group that you're with throughout that experience. Um, we do have staff that are stationed throughout the house, so we're social distancing them as well. Um, but it's, you know, we've been doing self-guided tours for a number of years, but we also have never done the third floor. And this year, the third floor is also part of the self-guided tour. And I will say it's been going really well Uh, i'm very happy with how our attendance has been this summer and you know we continue to try to be safe around here 
That's great. And I know at this time, you know, it's, it's very important for us to do that, but it's important for the businesses to be able to be open and for people to be comfortable yeah. going and obviously having the self-guided tour and the staffing and the sanitization stations and so forth is a very, yep. very important thing to have. So, yeah, and I, and I should add too, we even have a, we have a staff of clean team where their only role the entire day is just cleaning surfaces. Constant um, on kind of a yeah. circular path type thing. You got it. Yep. So do you hear but a lot about the Glen Sheen murders back in 1977, I believe it was? Is that still one of the draws for the individuals coming to the mansion? Because obviously, um, you know, it, it was a, a, a thing that happened in our time in Duluth. Yeah. Um, and I know that uh, books have been written about it and so forth. But um, is that something that people are still drawn to the mansion for? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think as time progresses, that will probably it, it continues to get less and less. Um, I think a lot of people are surprised that about 70% of the attendants to Glenshin don't even know the murder actually happened now. Um, but that still means about 30% do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting thing on our marketing side because, you know, there is definitely an audience that cares about that. But it's not, it's by far and away, not the majority. And so part of what we've done the last seven years is try to identify why people come to Glenshin and... And so you can see that our marketing has definitely shifted more into a younger look. And a lot of that is we realized, and we were surprised by it, but our audience is very young. It's predominantly, I'd say, moms between 25 and 50. Well, you have some interesting things. You see a lot of guys, but they're coming with their wives. Yeah. I mean, a lot of lower families, I would guess, as well, with things like the flashlight tour. Yep. And the Halloween with the pumpkins. I know at Christmas time you've done a find the elf type thing and uh, all yep, the beautifully yep. decorated Christmas trees throughout uh, the mansion and so forth. So it's not just a, a draw for the adults, but it's also for the family and the kids just to see yeah. the beauty and the historic aspect of what this you know uh, mansion and grounds on Lake Superior actually are and consist of. Yeah, so, and, and I'm not trying to totally walk away from the murder. I mean, it's a definitely a part of our story, and it's, yeah. like I said, still a pretty large share of why people come here. Um, but I think it's been interesting for us as staff to really kind of take this turn away from it. Uh, when there was a, a play in the Twin Cities of the History Theater on the murder, we just assumed that there was going to be a large uptick in murder visits, as we call them, um, and it never happened. Interesting. And we were always kind of surprised by that. But, you know, a, lot, a big group of people who lived during the murder are, are getting a little bit older now. and. Yep. I will say one of the downsides of Glenshine is it's a 12-acre estate with four flights of stairs. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks who've been here for the murder came in the 80s and don't really see a reason to come back. Right. Where, to your point earlier, families have been very popular lately now. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons to go back is the different events that you do there. But also, you know, um, let's talk about some of the rooms and the favorite rooms and having been through there and to different events. I know in the past they used to do an event in the dining room where you could rent the dining room or have a dinner at that huge table, but that yeah. no longer takes place, correct? That no longer takes place, sorry. Yeah. To me, that's one um, of my favorite rooms. That that table, and yeah. that, I just think it'd be cool to have a, a big dinner at that table sometime. And uh, I, I missed oh, no. out on it, obviously, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, this is probably true of any business that was, there are sometimes experiences that we provide that we just assume would sell well, and, and that was one of those that honestly rarely sold, which always kind of surprised us. And at the end of the day, it was always a risk from a collection standpoint. So it didn't really make sense. But, man, it was it was such a beautiful – I had a, a dinner there, and it was great. 
Yeah. But so a couple um, other favorite rooms yeah. I have are the winter garden, um, the winter garden room downstairs when that's been decorated yeah. with the white lights in the ceiling, and then also um, is it the the library that's at the very end yeah. of the, the that hallway down there, right? Those are two of yeah. my favorite rooms. What are some of your favorite rooms in the mansion? Um, I think the library is definitely one. I mean, I man, if I could spend an afternoon there, the winter would be would be the place. Um, I do think that. Chester's office or the smoking down across from there is pretty great, too. Mm. But some of my other spots, frankly, are outside. Um, there's a porch outside of the living room that overlooks Fisher Creek. And that's one of the spots that I always try to bring visitors to because it's, it's jaw-dropping beautiful, and it's kind of secluded, and so it's a kind of beautiful little private area. Um, that one in particular I always highly recommend. As the exec director, you're obviously very busy. Do you ever do you get time to just go and sit in a room and enjoy the beauty of it? And and you know, does the staff also get the opportunity to do that so that they can talk about uh, the the room and the experience a little bit? Um, we talk a lot about trying to do this. It rarely happens. Yeah, yeah, because um, you're working when it's open, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we've had a couple different staff nights where we've just kind of said, okay, it's five o'clock. Let's hang out here and let's just try to remind ourselves why we're here. Um, and, yeah, you need those nights sometimes because it's a beautiful place and you need to be reminded of it. So, Most definitely, most definitely. So um, can individuals still rent out parts of the mansion for events? Uh, they can still rent out the winter garden. Uh, they can still rent out the amusement room in the basement. And the amusement room in particular has gone through some pretty great renovations lately, and so that room is, I think, actually one of the better ones now. And I, I'll say it again, my big recommendations is the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's there's so many unique spots that make an event at Glenshane different than anywhere else. And I think I've really enjoyed watching the creativity that people have had with that. I mean, there's just so many, there's, there's not a lot of venues that you can be right on the shore of Lake Superior. Right. And I think right. that's always going to be our best advantage. Right. Well, we have just a few minutes left in regards to um, our time today, and I think we've had a, a wonderful conversation about it. Let's move up to the upstairs bedroom areas. I know last yeah. time I was through there, they were talking about restoring uh, some of the wallpaper that's on one of the bedrooms. I forget what area it was. What's involved in that type of process for <laughs> you guys? Uh, yeah. So we, and there's variety of ways you can do this, but we now work with the Midwest Art Conservation Center, who are professionals at conservation, and they will come in and spend several weeks on a project, and in Robert's room, Alfred's room, those rooms look remarkably different than they once were because we've been able to take off the new wallpaper and then expose the hand-drawn stenciling that was behind it. Um, We had some acrylic paint that had covered some of our stenciling. The conservators actually would use a acid material and pull off the acrylic paint, and then the original stenciling would actually reappear. So Alfred's room in particular is, I mean, it feels like a different room than it was before. I think last time and I was I'm there, they were, we continue to do that. I think last time I was there, they were starting that process, and it amazes me how they're able to get that off layer by layer. It's got to be a very yeah. time-consuming process. Yeah, and... It's definitely one of those professional services that I'm glad I'm not a part of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, they are in the full body gear. They got the mask on. They got the air respirators. So, 
and it's an art to be able to do that. Oh, you know, yeah. um, that's yeah. why I say most definitely not to be part of it for myself. Those types of you know projects, I don't have the uh, uh, the talent of the the slowness and the methodical approach to be able to uh, be that careful in regards to being able to remove a layer off of some paint that's yeah. below it and have it remain intact. But, and, and I don't mean to move you in a different direction, but no. in regards to restoration, what I'm very excited about at the moment is we are restoring the exterior upper half of our carriage house, mm. and it looks completely different <laughs> than it did before. And so if you want to see what the carriage house was supposed to look like in 1910, it's going to be probably done in the next week or two. But, Excellent. You know, hanging on our courtyard now feels more like a European village, and I never would have guessed that it would have looked this different, but it looks amazing. That's fantastic. Well, Dan, I'd like to thank you for joining us today to talk yeah. about everything Glenshine Mansion has to offer. Um, really appreciate it. You do a wonderful job out there. I encourage all thank of you, our listeners to check it out as they are in town or are looking for something to do on a daytime or an evening. And don't forget, Whiskey Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for having me on the air. So. You are very welcome. You have a wonderful, blessed day. You too. All right. Thanks, John. Take care. Well, what's the difference between divine and private revelation? Stay tuned to find out in our next discussion on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.